1957, the USSR sent Laika to space, a stray mongrel from the streets of Moscow, selected as the single occupant of Sputnik 2. These are the early days of the space race, the early movements of what would become two decades of rapid scientific advancement, in which the technology of conventional warfare, these rockets have their origins in ballistic missiles, were used for a wider cultural war, a different way of showing might and supremacy, showing the world who is the most advanced, the real superpower, by leaving that world. In Japan, a nation that knows all too well the horrors wrought with the technology of the past, this escalating path of supposed progression is an unsettling one. Where the naive child looks up to the stars with hope, those cognizant of the horrors of the past look with a different sensation, gaze with a sceptical eye. For the monster movie makers, the kaiju creators, this brings a new and exciting fear to the table. The future. Fear. The future. It's 1957 again, and Toho produced... The Mysterians, a kaiju film from Godzilla director Ishiro Honda, his fourth kaiju film, that is realistically more of a UFO film than a true kaiju movie. You see, the fascination of putting things into space is the other side of the coin to the unanswered question of what is already up there. And of course, the chilling realization that comes of the advent of space travel. After all, what goes up must come down. If we can send things into space, could something, somewhere, send things out of space to us? Hollywood had explored this question in The War of the Worlds, Earth vs. the Flying Saucers, Forbidden Planet, and The Day the Earth Stood Still, among other movies. The Mysterians is in conversation with these films, as in your classic 60s science fiction film, the drama induced from Beyond the Stars was very much a reflection of terrestrial events. Hollywood UFO films often marked or marred, your mileage might vary, by anti-communist politics, or reflected wider paranoias. Honda's The Mysterians is very much a reflection of its time, commenting on late 50s Japan while also delivering the bombardment of special effects that genre fans were expecting. The targets of The Mysterians are the fears or anxieties of the time, the overwhelming advancement and weaponization of the space race, in which technology is used to divide and arguably as an extension of imperialism, or at least imperialistic thought, a want to colonize the stars or just establish cultural dominance. Japan, of course, was not a participant in this race, a stance reflected in The Mysterians, a film that explores the collateral damage of technological expansion and uses the hyperbolic metaphor of an alien invasion to perhaps chant the potential consequences of escalationism. This narrative movement is in concert with the progression of film. Space travel is not the only advancing medium. This film is Honda's most complex work to date, though at this stage most of the films were contemporary dramas. The budget is bigger than ever and the technology is new. This is not his first kaiju in colour, that would be Rodan, but it is his first film to be in both colour and cinema scope. The widescreen display evokes a new frontier for film, a widening horizon that could be symbolically linked to the widened horizons of space travel. Cleverly, this step forward in filmmaking results in a film that interrogates, though lightly, the idea of stepping forward. Kaiju cinema is the cinema of scale and astonishment. Here, Honda and Tsuburaya give us more of this than ever before. But do so as a warning. Therefore, a message of the film can be understood as thus. Do not give in to astonishment to quote Rob Zachney's paraphrase of Terence McKenna. The film itself starts with a slew of natural disasters. We have cultural festivals of wildfires and then a massive earthquake. Through modern eyes, it is hard not to see these rapid disasters and think of climate change. It is also hard not to relate this damage to Japan and to wartime destruction. Perhaps there's another film exploring Japan's attempts to rebuild and one displaying the perennial fear of further damage. To speak reductively, post-war Japan is a precarious nation and its cinema reflects this. But these disasters are far from natural. They're caused by a kaiju. Early in the film, our kaiju erupts, and it is a new kind of kaiju for a new kind of cinema, introducing Mogera. 
technically relegated to this film, but reoccurring as homage as the man-made robot Magura capitalized and presented as an incredibly labored acronym in Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, a film nowhere near as cool as it sounds, but we'll get to that in a future episode. Magura is the first sign of a shifting cultural fascination. Godzilla, Kong, Rodan, Varan, the Yeti from Half Human, the Harryhausen Bees from those 20,000 Fathoms, and even the later Gamera, grouped to this company as exists a throwback to the period, are kaijus dragged out of the past. They are reanimated remnants, revenants even, of forgotten history. Metaphorically, they're an expression of how the horrors of the past infect the future or the present. An allegory that makes sense in immediately post-war Japan, a nation reflecting on its history of imperialism as it tries to break away. But Magera is different. Magera is a robot, overtly so, a giant mechanical monster that belongs not to the past, but to the future. He is an object out of time. His design of a saw blade on the back is clearly an influence on the later Godzilla foe Gigan. And the focus on automatons reoccurs throughout Toho's Showa period with Mechagodzilla, Jet Jaguar, and even a Mecha King Kong in 67's King Kong Escapes. The ideological focus of these kaiju films shifts from a reflection of the past to a simpler but more ominous statement fear the future. Magera is silly, he bursts out almost randomly in a hilarious sequence and continues to enact joyful destruction. However, he is a symbol of where things can go or will go, or how the focus on the weaponization of science and rapidly developing technology will lead to our destruction. It is easy to interpret the foes of this film, the perpetually scarred Mysterians, the planet Mysteroid, those who sent Mogero and control him, as a meditation of the horrors of the future. These aliens, who are just so obviously humans and fancy helmets, use their superior technology to conquer our world as they have rendered their own inhospitable. The progression of pre-war science led to nuclear bomb. Where will post-war science lead? This question is gestured to rather than articulated, but this overt fear underpins the film's logic. 1967's The X from Outer Space, a camp staple of the giant space monster subgenre of the kaiju film, also expresses a fear of the future. The film explores that enduring human desire to go to Mars. It is an idea that resonates with our present, where those who are destroying our world now plunge their resources into leaving it, making safety and survivability a luxury for the rich. This impetus is deeply imperialist. The wants to colonize the stars, the desire to impress a human mark onto someone that should be beyond their reach. Where Alexander wept, there were no more worlds to conquer. The real life villains of our age seek these worlds. It is overly generous to read X from Space as a critique of this impulse, but like the Mysterians, it does show the potential negative consequences of our unbridled scientific ambitions. In X, we send something to space, a sleek spaceship, and in X, space sends something back. This work starts as pure UFO film, as space exploration, before taking a satisfying genre twist. This, perhaps even more than Cloverfield, is the secret kaiju film, as long as you ignore the poster. There's a giant monster on it. In Mysterians, Megara dominates the beginning, giving the audience what they expect. In X, the emergence of Gilala is a reveal. A material coats the spaceship on its way to Mars, sprayed onto it by a mysterious alien vessel. Again, fear the unknown, fear the future, and the ship returns. The alien element is unwittingly unleashed onto an unsuspecting planet Earth. It is an idea that exists in wider science fiction, especially the constantly readapted Campbell novella who goes there. But in this iteration, the alien material from outer space is not used as an identity questioning device, a trope that facilitated the anti-communist politics of Hollywood film at the time. In X, the enemy is blatant. Man is not infected by the other. The other appears on Earth and is, it's a giant monster. 
Again, the horrors are blatant. They are out in the open and are trampling all over our cities. In this film, the kaiju invades the genre of the film as well as the narrative, an overgrown presence that disrupts the form of the film, making its entrance so impactful. Because in X and Mysterians, the future is big, blatant, and oh so avoidable. Our quest to colonize the stars, our want to push science as far as it can go, is the elephant in the room or the giant monster running through our cities. In the previous kaiju features, our science animates the dregs of the past, propelling them into the present. Godzilla and its contemporaries show that science inspired by aggressive ideology dooms us to cycles of destruction, symbolized by the past repeatedly assaulting the present. But now things have changed. This new brand of kaiju is less thoughtful, less openly philosophical, yes, but it is still ideologically driven, and it's still motivated by reflecting on what, in quotes, progress is doing to us. Getting into space is a turning point, such a clear uncoupling from the shackles of the past. The kids obsessed with dinosaurs became the children obsessed of space. This want to blast off, to propel forward, to go beyond what is possible, opens up a mindset of infinite opportunity. But by melding this genre, space exploration and discovery, to the kaiju film, and by literally widening the cinematic scope, the argument is made that the horrors of humanity will still reoccur. Our monsters may be from outer space, they may be alien or mechanical or both, but they are still the monsters we are barreling towards. Here comes the new science, same as the old science. We cannot rest on our scientific laurels, even when the context changes. As society moves away from meditating on the past to fixating on the future, Honda and his contemporaries refashion the perennial cautionary tale of man's meddling. The answer is clear. The message is clear. If we recklessly fashion our future, the only result is destruction. So the answer is fear. Fear the future. Welcome back to the fourth Raking the Monsters. We're here with our friend Jack, a kaiju connoisseur and a composer of songs for the Ranking the Monster. You, you've composed our uh, beautiful intro song. I did indeed, yes. Your singing was the best part of it, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, really my Godzilla singing. impression. Yeah. Uh, a lot of screaming. Um, and yeah, it's so. It's so close that I feel like you could have just used the original, but I appreciate yeah. your method acting. No. I'm a perfectionist. I, uh, well, you've got one of the greatest lyricists of our time. You've got to let them unleash their creative soul onto the canvas. And that's what we did here. Absolutely. I, no holds barred. I just had to go all out, you know. And we all out asked, attack. We figured we need to bring you on for the uh, two most uh, revelatory uh, kaiju films. Uh, and you brought us uh, the Mysterians and uh, the X from Outer Space. Yeah, well, we, we you sent said, Jack a you, message. You said no main series Godzilla and no Gamera because you're going to get to those at some point. So I went through my my big kaiju list on Letterboxd. I thought I need to find a pairing of two films that have something to do with each other. <laughs> maybe a bit off the radar. They want something different. And so I picked out two films I saw a couple of months ago for the first time. And I, One from I, the Criterion Collection. Exactly. One from the Criterion <laughs> Collection and another another Honda film in uh, that early part of his career. And I thought they were so interesting as these these space sci-fi mm. movies that I had to bring them to the, the kaiju conversation. The kaiju themselves, I, well, we'll get to that later. One of them might One of them is phenomenal. <laughs> one of them is one the greatest kaiju ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other one is... Is there is involved in the film, so his is, uh, there is, is a kaiju in it. Yes, <laughs> that, he's definitely in it, but um, uh, it's just more of an opportunity to talk about that movie and Honda in yeah. general. I think, and it's Which, a Toho as well, right? So I mean, yes, it's, yes. it has a lineage. So. Um, X from Outer Space is um, a 
Altså, Shokic. Shokic. Oh, man. Shokic. I'm going you pronounce it. Um, this, this point. Um, who works with, like, Ozu. Um, yeah, I know. Really, it's... really strange sort of... Uh, <laughs> they're obviously trying to capitalize on the success of kaiju movies <laughs> and um, made made the X from Outer Space. Could you imagine so that? Could you imagine the Ozu kaiju movie? Um, very <sighs> slow, very slow, but um, but wonderful. Just yes. Godzilla or uh, another kaiju just sat cross-legged on a floor, camera, <laughs> middle height. Meditations wonderful. on their family life. and Yeah, he could do yeah. a good Son of Godzilla remake. Like, obviously oh, he can't because he's dead, but if he was alive... Life. The home <laughs> just... life of Middle I'd love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, obviously you hate... Minia, but um... hey, hey, I'm open to once you once you get round to Son of Godzilla, and um, I'm I'm willing to love, I'm willing to learn and love again. We've we've going back to the the Ozu lineage. It's quite interesting though because like we have like covered the studio system of mm. Japan at this point of this of this era because like every film we've looked at is like oh and also they had this legendary director doing this. Mm. Um, so we had oh Naruto was over making this by the way. Oh yeah, Kobayashi was in the corner doing that whilst they were making Gamera. Oh Mizuguchi was doing that, and now we've got oh Ozu was over there. And it's so fascinating <laughs> that this this same industry is so focused on the most prestige, the most like what can we sell to can, mm. what can we like get us off or whatever. And then it's just like we do love their monsters, though. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's the best of both worlds. You've got to have uh, you've got to have variety in your studio system. I think ultimately, this is such a great choice, though, Jack. Of, mm. um, I mean, we, we we brought you on because you are. I mean, I'm only become a kaiju expert because I write more words than you. You've seen more kaiju than I have, and have a oh sure, um, yeah, you, you a, are... a, a wider wider kaiju knowledge base. Um, you unpack so you them more than I do. I'm just here to see big monsters smash each other, and you're and um, you can vital. analytically sort of <laughs> pull apart the subtext and you know the history of Japan. And I just want to see men in big rubber suits just sort of throw each other around for 45 minutes. Yeah, I will overread any film happily, um, <laughs> but. Um, it's really interesting because like we've we've obviously covered so far um some really distinct kind of like by mistake though thanks to you here like brilliantly like different like eras of the kaiju film so mm. we started with its arguable genesis of like taking the monster movie to kaiju with its like japanese origin making it more like a cultural sensibility then we went to what does the modern kaiju film look like what are they do it over in other parts of the world mm. then we've gone to what's the second movement um and now we've gone to this like sea change this cultural change of the genre of film is changing and technology outside of film and science outside of film is changing mm. what film wants to be. And film is less like replicating theater and stories. And they're like film can do more things and our dreams of space can be literate, literalized in film. And these as a turning point for this, especially um, Mysterians is really fascinating. And is another great part of the ever growing Kaiju puzzle. Even the films are okay. Maybe. Yeah, mm. I wanted to take it on especially because going into Mysterians seems like a good preamble for the things that are about to happen in Godzilla, especially precursor mm. to ones that I know you care about, like the Astro Monster, Well, whereas <laughs> whereas X from Outer Space, I guess my takeaway today is they're both leading or following Astro Monster in very interesting ways. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like there is, a, you mentioned in um, the Discord chat, like a scene from um, X from Outer Space where they're like bouncing on the moon. And I know Jack was the same. Yeah, but as soon yeah, as you yeah. see that scene, there is a it scene me so over. iconic. That, that that was the scene where I, I was <laughs> fully. It's great, That's but there is a scene so iconic 
in Astro Monster, the it became the Criterion art for that movie of just like Godzilla bouncing on the planet, um, his, planet his X and the Exilians doing a victory cool. dance, just beautiful. Yes, yeah, so in this film, it's it's the Gamera slot for um, X Matt Space. This film that's seen the other kaiju films and loves them and just wants to be them, mm-hmm. um, which is sometimes more satisfying than the film that needs to carry on the legacy. I think there's a lot of uh, good stuff in the films that are following it, and and reinterpretation is valuable in in this format i think iteration can be very valuable too i think these are iterative movies however we mm. cut it the the background around um, the honda one the mysterians i think to start with first is mm. like um honda's career post godzilla was was fascinating because like he was kind of like pigeonholed to go to godzilla again but did not want to because he wanted to direct another film at the time um though he was not like off the idea of monster movies, he wanted to make Half Human, which I've not seen. It's been kind of like blacklisted um, because it has apparently some representation issues mm-hmm. um, and therefore is like has been suppressed very much so. So it's very hard to find. You can apparently find the American re-edit that kind of like cuts a lot of that out, but it's a different movie. Um, so he did not do Raids again because he wanted to do that. And then Tsuburaya was busy away making that. So he wanted to do either dramas or like Loki monster movies. And he mostly made just like... Um, just dramas, just contemporary films about um, Japanese life, post-war um, Japan. And interestingly, he was actually quite famous for like non-traditional representations of women. Of uh, He was someone who married against the will of his wife's um, father. It was not an approved marriage. And that very much like goes into his work. Apparently, it's very hard to find this country, um, which makes it so fascinating for me that this, this filmmaker who was known for making good films that showed women in native light the Mysterians, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> there's, yes. a, there's a plot point we'll get to later, which is a thing, um, which there's a quote about that I've got from him as well, which is, again, okay, cool. a, a thing about it where someone's like, you can be tempted to read it as this. It's not. I'm like, mm, okay. Um, so it's like, there's, there's a great quote from a Japanese film director, I didn't put their name down, which is really annoying, this sense that they believe that if it wasn't for science fiction, Honda would have been Narasei and would have been held in that regard, would have kept making like prestige dramas, but got pulled this way. Um, Mm. Interestingly, Kurosawa was trapped in the studio system somewhat. And after the success of Seven Samurai was told that he needed to make three more um, Samurai movies, which obviously came out as Hidden Fortress, um, Yojimbo and Throne of Blood. He did not want to make those movies though. He wrote them for directors and it was assigned to a director, but um, Toho saw them as being such big projects they refused to let him do that so Revenge became Yojimbo um, and Throne of Blood was written with Honda in mind Oh wow! which would have changed Japanese cinema yeah, in yeah, such yeah. a profound way oh. um, wow. which I just thought was fascinating which links to that, there's this, like, obviously the friendship between Kurosawa and um, mm-hmm. Honda, like, is, is, is lifelong because they, like, they, like grew up as filmmakers together um so um you may not recognize one of the main actors in the mysterians the guy that plays the the grand villain is yoshio tusachaya who is the um the farmer in seven samurai um so again like a really important figure in japanese cinema and apparently on set to kurosawa he said to him he'd be like like kurosawa i want to be in this honda science fiction movie but basically being like I don't know how it's going to reflect on me. Like, is this the right move to do? And there is a genuine quote from Kurosawa, which is so cool, which is, if Honda-san is making it, then it must be good. Hell yeah. That's friendship. Oh, what That's a support. dude. <laughs> so, so yeah, Tisachaya actually was, was offered this role and the studio said no. 
um because he was a studio actor and they said you are covering our star's face we are not letting you put him in the movie because he is there to be a face for the studio and um to Shire complained about that and said i am more than a face i'm an actor damn it i'm doing your movie mm. and honda was so pleased by this they became friends as well and drinking buddies because he liked his like kutzpah he and, does like, get covered up by the like bulbous like alien mask and uh, <laughs> yeah, very strange like, costuming yeah you would not know he's in the movie but no like, you wouldn't I mean, <laughs> I mean i know that calvin is a bit more down on this film than perhaps jack and myself are mm. of like i'm not going to say the performance of this like yeah. Evil alien overlord is is phenomenal no, the costuming is bad. The, I mean, I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm not like in on the costuming and the representation of the character. And um, I, I just think covering up a great actor, I, I don't think it's that interesting. I, I'm mean, not on board with that. Um, I agree. However, I love the visual where it's basically like the Power Rangers versus formal Draculas. <laughs> like they're in formal capes. Like, it's a yeah. precursor yeah. of like uh, all the Japanese influence into Power Ranger, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, so, Ultron, all sorts. So, Jack, why did why did you bring us this movie specifically? What is it about Mysterion that you like so much? Um, I saw the uh, well, I saw Mysterions a few months ago because I was filling filling gaps in Honda's career. Um, and Mysterion stuck out to me as being this this really strange film for for Honda to make. Um, coming off the back of uh, Godzilla and Rodan. And as Stephen said, he was working with period dramas at the time. And this is this is a period in his career when he seems to be experimenting with uh, sci-fi and space movies. Because um, after this, we've got the H-Man and Varan, half-human, battling out of space, the human vapor, before leading into um, what we know as all the, the real Godzilla sequels. And this one, out of, out of the ones I've seen from that selection, this one feels the most formative in terms of, I think I've seen this film or films like this film, um, mm. specifically bad B-movies. But I think I've seen this film several, several times. But I think this is the earliest incarnation of uh, something happens on Earth, go to space, go, go back, go to space, um, cheap costumes, uh, cheap practical effects. But um, it's interesting because it's Honda. Um, it's... It's hypothetical too, isn't it? We hadn't got to the moon, any of us, had we? I mean, myself personally, no. Uh, no not, rec- not recently, no. No. It it's... was hypothetical though, like this is before anyone had landed on the moon, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, I mean, yeah, as I said at the beginning, like, so this like is the mystery. same year that a dog was put in space. Like that's how early on this is. Mm. Yeah. So there is that like mystery behind what moonlight creatures would even be like in mm. that, that unknowing of space and... Uh, that early representation always fascinates me anyway, even if I don't love the movie. Yeah, it is it's it is a really interesting film in terms of what it thinks about space and its ideas about space. And I, I got a quote from Honda about its genesis, which I think is really fascinating because I do somewhat agree with Jack of being like, it, it, it is, obviously there is a clear influence of like the day the earth stood still on this film of like this thing from outer space comes down and starts to show its power but obviously mm. there's a very different kind of idea around like the end of those movies um and i think that the main influence they said was like forbidden planet um and yeah. um versus the the flying foot sources the harryhausen film um but um the quote from honda which i note down all of it because it's, it's such a fascinating quote is um 
The Mysterians is a project several times larger in scale compared to Godzilla or Rodan and is aimed to more of a true science fiction film. I would like to wipe away the notion of East versus West and convey a simple universal aspiration for peace, the coming together of all humankind as one to create a peaceful story. It does seem to be a film about like that that unity, uh, international unity, as we yeah. talked about. Uh, Utopianism of togetherness and... So this is when was this late late fifties? This is almost exactly a year after Japan entered the UN, and like that right. is a fascination of um, okay. Hondas throughout his career. Of the idea of the UN comes back, comes back, and the UN as an aesthetic comes back. Mm. And I think we need to remember what Japan's role was in the UN at this point, or how they wanted to position themselves. Of this mm-hmm. is you know a country with a let's say charitably a reputation um, yes. joining a unilateral organization. Um, so therefore, they saw their seat on the UN as a force for world peace. Um, so this is very much um, Honda trying to put those values into it, which comes to the, I don't know, the, uh, the ideological heart of this film is very interesting because on the surface, it is about, you know, evil aliens arrive and want to yes. steal our women. Um, more on that <laughs> later. Uh, you know, they're, dis- they're disfigured and they want to steal our women. Uh, you know, movies. Um, yes. They do that. They send a monster. We'll talk about the kaiju. The kaiju is ridiculous. And the way it is solved is by everyone at the drop of the hat forgets about their closely held ideologies. Mm. And it's just like unified warfare theory of all come together. (laughs) I was talking to a friend about it. It's the philosophy of this film. Both of you have read Watchmen because the the ending of Watchmen, the book Mm. is different to the film. Yes. yeah, Yeah. This film. So spoilers slightly for the end of Watchmen. I'm going to allude to it. This film is like the ending of Watchmen, but you're not supposed to see it as right-wing fanaticism. <laughs> it's It takes the ending of Watchmen seriously, as opposed yeah. to like the ravings of a fascist. It's still like, we should all come together for you know, perhaps you're like, oh, no, that is not how things work. Like it is using this film as like an excuse for a passive military at all points, for keeping the military there, for this idea of one superpower just homogenizing itself over all others, the idea that we should all bend to a monoculture. But the fact that it's presented as like aspirational, it's just it's I don't hate it because it yeah. doesn't seem pernicious, but it's so naive, but it's kind of adorably mm. naive. Yeah, I think it's 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 the strange point in late 50s where there's this there's this hope, this post-war hope of unity. It's hard to go back to, right, with our current lens, but that uh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. that naivety that is just this really easy xenophobia that the movie kind of crawls into i think is what kind mm. of pushed me away more than anything mm. is that like you say that homogenized idea of yeah oneness and um i it just doesn't work that way nothing has ever worked that way um it's impossible. yeah and i totally agree and like I, I obviously like the idea of peace is is, is fascinating and, and fantastic yeah. but like it doesn't show like a cognizance of there's a reason some people don't want peace of the sense of when yeah. a country is, is oppressed and like has a, a strong ideology, like there is a right to determine and to rise up that this kind yeah. of statement just like rules out as opposed to realizing though, no, no, some of these countries are being oppressed and there are oppressors that goes, let's all just get along. Like stop complaining it, about them over there. <laughs> let's all be friends. Let's all hold hands. It's worth having a war just because someone wants a monolithic culture. So I think war exactly. does have its purpose, right? So <laughs> what this movie wants would incite more wars inevitably <laughs> yeah no totally um but like yeah, wait for the this, sequels 
right? Yeah. <laughs> Mysterians 2. <laughs> Mysterians 2. I'm sure Legendary Pictures will pick it up in 35 years. Oh, or something. I cannot cousin. wait for them to dive into the Honda back catalog. Because um, <laughs> yeah, they're making a Mothra, right? Isn't J.J. Abrams doing a Mothra? I've not heard about that. But oh, God damn it. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, of course he is. But like, the filming of this one was interesting because like i think um it's a, it's a different um dp to um godzilla um this right. is kazuma um who very much defines the post godzilla look of honda films mm. um and the way that honda shoots his films from this point onwards is pretty much trying to get as many people in the frame as possible is the idea it's, like, it's always framed so it's like two very people busy, yeah. or more which I agree is busy. And I don't think it works aesthetically often, but his point and his DP's point was always because he doesn't want his films to have a singular hero. He wants them to all be about collaboration Community. and going together, yeah. which goes back to the original comment. There was someone, one of the actors of Godzilla in the love triangle was really pissed off because he thought he was the star of the movie. And like oh. a camera was like, shut up, stupid. Godzilla's the star of this yeah, movie. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> this idea comes back of being like, no, it's not about you. It's about us. And also like, Honda was really proud because in his scenes of the UN that he shot, he said, in every single international conference meeting scene, I have everyone from all countries there, such as Russia, every time, and all their heads together with the scientists. This sort of thing, sort of theme, the basis of my work. One, I love that he calls it Russia, kept that in. Interesting, interesting, <laughs> Honda. That could be a translation. And I love oh, that maybe. he says everyone from all the countries. Yes, all of the countries, all of all the countries, of the countries. Honda. All Everyone's of them. here. Yeah. We're all here. We're all friends. Again, the I, UN issue, but I, yeah. I, I've brought them all the together. Should we talk women or shall we talk kaiju? <laughs> Why not both? Long, long. Oh. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about kaiju. This is a kaiju podcast, right? Yeah. Um, the the kaiju here, a uh, pretty interesting looking guy. He doesn't show up enough for me, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Mogera, which is what like named after Mogera for like mole in Japan. Mm. He's a very mole like robotic creature, very, very robotic, very, and very drilly. Yeah, <laughs> little robot garlic mole lover, sort of in- insect almost. I feel like hmm. um, Stephen, you might have noticed this as well. This is a design that sort of comes back again. I feel like yeah, uh, Megalon in a, in a later film. I feel like it's almost a, a less robotic form of Magira. Yeah, just yeah, the like sort of Megalon arms, uh, the sort of the sort of long long face, sort of a, a drill aesthetic. They love it. Also, is it? Is it? I forget which film it is. It might be Atragon as well, where there is something similar to. But I get them all confused in my head. Um, but yeah, like there is, there is a link to Megalon. There is a link to Gigan, and obviously, like there is another Megera, but it's a different robot um, mm. that comes back in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, Space, yeah. where it just like, but weirdly, just expects you to know what it is. It just comes up with the letters Megera on the screen with dots in between them. Like, what the hell does that yeah, stand for? A, Jesus Christ! That's a deep cut for the real fans. <laughs> it's like, there you go. You're watching at home. I like this kaiju and I love that the film starts with it. Bam. I mm. like the, the structure. This films are so different of like, yes, what is the completely. kaiju structure? And there's very much the, do you begin with the bang? Um, which Pacific Rim is, is doing that? Or do you have the build up, which is Godzilla yeah. and his, his Cloverfield? It's Cloverfield, um, yeah. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think of the starting of a bang in this movie? I like it, but I then think... I have an issue. <laughs> That's the thing. I think both of these, so I, I saw these both a few months ago and revisiting yeah. I realized that uh, I didn't really remember much about these films nope. um, other than the quote unquote stars being the kaiju and um, I watched I watched them out of order so I watched X first and I was like oh maybe this isn't as good as I remember maybe I brought this to the podcast uh oh and it, like for the first 45 minutes I was like oh no where's the where's the where's the X 
And then um, I think that pays off so much more. I think it pays off so much better because you have this this intrigue for the first, you know, pretty much two thirds of the the film, and then you have this this uh, this last thirty minutes, which is just this relentless. Kaiju it's action. the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen. The last <laughs> minutes of and I was like, no, I, I, I was so right. This is still great. Um, Can we rank whereas... the last thirty minutes separately? <laughs> oh, it's number <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, whereas with Mysterians, it's I was I was hooked from the start, and then it takes a lull, mm-hmm. and then it becomes mm. a completely different film. It's not, it's not strictly a a kaiju film, which well, well neither of these films really are. No. They are both yeah. space movies. But um, for me, I think that Mysterious uh, Mysterians loses a lot of that interest. Yeah. Um, quite early on, whereas I feel that X sort of ramps up to that point. There's like that initial thing about Mysterians that's really interesting though, which is like the emergence of the mole creature mm-hmm. rather than Godzilla just like drifting in from nowhere, so like cool. from the ocean. It's like yeah. finally we get like an emergence that's coming from underground, which becomes mm. an iconic image, I believe, in a lot of these films. Yeah, yeah it reminds like me of like idea. in GMK. There's a great bit in GMK where just like Baragon just like just jumps out of this cliff and like, whoa. When you've got multiple monsters in a movie, it's really, really cool. Yeah. But in a movie like this, when you've wasted your one really cool emergence <laughs> moment, it's just like, what are you doing for the other 80 minutes of this film? Um, well, and that is the issue of this film. That first sequence rules. He's just like does. doing everything. The yeah. effects still look great. He's smashing. It's a different kind of smashing because it's a giant robot. Things are running away. It rules. And then I'm like, where is Megara for the, the rest of the movie? Yeah. I feel like there's three types of entrances for Kaiju. There is... <laughs> comes from space, is created by man through mutation mm. and radiation, or was just buried here a long time yeah. ago by aliens and slowly emerges through some means. So which one was yeah. Megara? I, I don't quite remember. Which which of the Megara is, is is planted by the mysterious the aliens okay. and then erupts from the Yeah, he is a weird mix of the two. He is he's, both he's, in space, yeah, but he's yeah. also erupting. He's yeah. mm. I just I know I should take the film seriously, but I love the idea that we're supposed to believe that this this society is not in contact with us, but at some point it hid this giant robot. That's always and like, everyone was looking I, away. Everyone was like, oh, what's going on over here? Giant robot just gonna bury this, bury this, bury this. Yeah, it's, it's back. Um, it's like uh in uh Spielberg's War of the Worlds, where they, they obviously they, they come from underneath and there's a, a sequence where they, there's like <laughs> they have this bullet time slow-mo of the the UFOs sort of just zapping into the ground and it just looks horrible. And that's always what I think of when a, a, a kaiju erupts from the earth. It's like, how did they get there? Other than just being, I don't know, magicked in. I have to yeah. say that I, I like the idea that in space, they have the same human aesthetics and understanding of what a creature could look like, that it would have an insect head and pincers and that it would have I'm a also- body made of like tank dreads on multiple layers. <laughs> Yeah, but just, you've seen the Mysterians. They're just yes. dudes in Power Rangers <laughs> self that claim to be hideously scarred, but in no way the film's ever going to show you. Yeah. I like that it doesn't show us. I, I... Yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, that that bit is is pretty reprehensible, this idea of being like, we are the, the ableist, like the mm. physiognomic representation of evil. We are come to steal your women and our planet is bad and we want your planet. You're like, okay. It would be better if that weren't their whole motivation, but then... On the other hand, my favorite movie is Under the Skin, which literally the plot is a woman comes to harvest the <sighs> of men for her because women are slaves on their planet. So, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of legroom here. No, I just, 
I have like this perennial like thought about that idea, Calvin, of being like, there are so many things that I hate in most movies yeah. because they're they're done incidentally, incidentally and thoughtlessly. Yet the films that make that their text rather than that accidental subtext are often my favorite films. The things yeah, that commits to no, I'm gonna be about this thing because I know it's a problem and I know this trope is bad, and therefore can unpick it because under the skin does, does unpick that and is very much confronting us with that and is like using us to reflect on the nature of, of like which actually to link to Mysterians, which is a hell of a link under the skins to Mysterians, <laughs> like there is in the Honda book, and there's there are some charitable reads in the Honda book of these movies. This guy obviously loves Honda movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes, it's very tempting to read the "We come for your women, um, give us yeah. your women" as like a reflection of the status of women in Japan. Mm. However, one should not view it this way because then he quotes um, Honda, who says that he just wanted to give some like emotional scope to the climax because he thought it was just overwhelming otherwise. <laughs> That makes sense. So he stole some women to make it seem more human. I I just don't think it's a good as just like an offhanded premise, like you say. It needs to be no. something that you unpack. Fleshed out a bit more. Yeah. It can't be just like a, the fourth rung idea of your your movie. It can't be the the uh, impetus for Duke Nukem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna throw this one at Jack. I know Calvin's answer here. Um, Jack, Uh-oh. what do you think of the end of this movie, the final sequence of just like all the special effects in the world? I, I like it, but I love it that's, too. That's the thing. The, that's that's because I'm just such a, a kaiju brain boy that I, I, <laughs> my my critique of this film is starts really good as a lull, and then it has a big climatic ending, and I feel like that I'm I'm sort of the the sucker in the movie seat for that, where it's like yeah. I, I, you walk out the theater and you remember you remember how it starts and you remember how it ends, but you don't quite remember the middle, but you remember mm. it ends with a bang, so you think it's a good movie. Look at all the lasers and uh, the the visualization of what lasers look like in unrealistic way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. Uh, but I was reading about that though, like because that's that what really fascinates me because I know that our movies now will look this way later, where that at the time was the most cutting edge idea of this mm. kind of like ocular like putting lasers. That was like new tech that was almost new to this movie and it was new to um to Honda. Um, and I don't know who it affects this. I don't know if it's Super Rare or not. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but was 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 new to them and it's great that now that looks like the most dated bit the most well, stupid bit i don't think it is like the most stupid bit i think it almost looks like tesla coil like and how it spreads the laser it almost looks like a, a world war ii kind of after effect like a just like you imagine the coils like shooting down and uh, there's something very you know it doesn't look modern of course but it looks retro futuristic cool. in a really it pleasing looks- way Looks kind of like Guy Madden. Like he he will have yeah. some fun with this. Oh please, <laughs> Guy Madden's kaiju space film. Oh god, Guy Madden oh. would make a hell of a kaiju movie. Just um, give him anything. Give him any genre picture. Yeah, I mean, would just ki- make a hell of a movie. Just kaiju taking a bath. I, I'd be for oh, it. Oh please, <laughs> I'm there for it. Yeah, yeah. Godzilla's Winnipeg. Can you imagine? Oh, oh man. Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. <laughs> I just can't leave Tokyo. Uh, you got, have you seen um? Have you seen his take on Dracula? No, I haven't that either. is my uh, that is uh, that is uh, the catalyst for like everything. I would like give this man any franchise, give this man any idea, give this any man any source material, and he'll turn it into something fantastic. Because I think his Dracula films are amazing. <sighs> okay, well, so this, give give is... give him Mothra, give it off JJ Abrams, and give Guy Madden Mothra. No, I want Guy Madden to have Hedera. I want a Hedera remake um, oh, from Guy Madden yeah, to yeah, fully Absolutely. fully go into that. Um, well, what about the the X from outer space? I think we've done a we've done okay, a good yeah. job on. So, if we're talking about 
practicality and the special effects and things, Extra Amount of Space is just uh, a ton of fun when it comes to the kaiju. I, I, when I first saw it, I just noticed how, because obviously it's shot in color, but it's shot in this way where everything looks incredibly fake in this oh, yeah. figure um, the, the, the suspense of disbelief isn't really there. You know that this is just a set with lots of miniatures and a man is in a suit just going absolutely ham on them. And I love it for that. It's sort of, it feels like it is this, this Godzilla ripoff from this director who would only ever do two movies from this studio that was not known for doing kaiju <laughs> movies. And it's very much trying to be something, but it's in its way, it's a, it's, its own quaint sort of charming children it's so charming uh, that's the, such the right charming. word for it yeah i just love it and i i have that kind of the thing that jack have a mysterious i was i was so gripped from the beginning because it's and we there is some stuff about it that i like that is quite like not clever but like structurally interesting if it starts with this ridiculous like um scene of like the stars and the astrological <laughs> signs and it's talking about our planet our universe i'm like oh colonialism space colonialism yeah here we and, go again. but then the movie is about how that's ridiculous. And then at the end, yeah. it does the song again. It goes, oh, actually, our universe is not our universe. It's much bigger than us. I was like, oh, this movie is it's thinking a thing. There is a thing mm. here that's being thought about. Um, and I did like at the beginning, I mean, Kevin, you've seen um, King Kong versus Godzilla, um, mm. the, the 60s one. I know you're not a huge oh. fan of it, but it also has that, it reminded me of the beginning of that, where it starts to be like, the world is spinning, the world is spinning, the world is spinning. Yeah. So the world's spinning. And like, yeah. it's such a great, open to guide has been like here's this weird strange almost philosophical point and then for like 30 minutes it's just the most chill space movie of like it's, no real stakes nothing's happening no, yeah. it's like the first 10 minutes of the old star trek episode it's just sort of chilling we're doing space stuff we're all chatting on the spaceship yeah and talk then... about how water is fake for a while that's yeah. great everything just looks amazing like jerry anderson watched this which is like <laughs> this is my career by the way my career is this now and um, I just found it so enjoyable. And then the most ridiculous kaiju in the world pops out and it's just great. So the director's an interesting one. Did you look much into the director, Stephen? I did not, no. So uh, it's Kazu Nihonmatsu, who has uh, assisted, directed on um, Akurosawa um, and a ton of Kobayashi movies. It's... None of them I've, which I've seen, but mm. um, it's interesting to have these sort of co-directing, assistant directing. But yeah, he only did two um, feature-length directorial uh, movies. So we have The Extra Amount of Space, which is, this was his first film. And then the year after, he has a film called Genocide, which I saw many years ago, and it mm -hmm. is about Ow. killer bugs. <laughs> how did you see this movie? Oh, don't ask how I see movies. I just find, <laughs> I find posters and I'm like, I need to see this movie called Genocide. You or see the word genocide and you go, well, that's a movie I watched. Well, it's called, it's called Genocide, but I think the alternate title is like The Great Insect War because it's about killer insects <laughs> yes. coming to um, Earth and causing Armageddon. What a difference but, um, in title. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> like the Morrissey title for the film. <laughs> yeah, he, only, he did two films, one of which was Extra Amount of Space, and yeah, never to be heard from again. <laughs> Just, wow. Oh, it, yeah, I think, I, should I watch Genocide? Um, I'm honestly kind of tempted to revisit it because I just, I probably just threw it on while I was doing something else. But after watching um, Extra Amount of Space and sort of thinking about it more, I'm interested to see what he follows up this film with. Um, and I think. I think I re revisited. Oh no! I think I um, I think I rented it a couple of years back, 
and seeing the extra amount of space was added to the Criterion channel, that's that's what sort of spurred me to look into this director again, and that's how I revisited this film. Because um, uh, it was released through Criterion years, there a clips years label? ago. I think, yes, yes, so on the DVD label. Um, and I'd love to see a, a Blu-ray release of this. Thing. Oh yeah, That'd like if they've done the, now they've done the Godzilla box though. I feel like they've, they've they should do this now. Um, I know they already have the title. They might as well. I, it looks good. I, I think it would look good as a, a Blu-ray transfer. It's got such a cool style. It's got it has a look, and like the look is like anti-reality, but it is is it is a cohesive aesthetic, mm. um, and then becomes a different aesthetic for for the Gaiju movie. But I think my takeaway from this, and as as Calvin will find out soon. This feels like a Gamera movie. It feels so much like a Gamera movie with adults rather than children. Yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. If there was more um, of the kaiju peppered through the first mm. 30 minutes or so, just, you know, just flying through the air and doing his own business while, doing gymnastics. while, while, the, space, uh, while the space mission happens. Um, yeah, this is very much the Gamera formula. I feel like that kaiju really rescues it, uh, Absolutely. How do we say it? Ga- Gal- Galula? No, Galula. Because it's it's material. Um, oh, I can't remember. There's like the the substance, which is galilium. Galilium. <laughs> James Cameron's galilium. Galilium um, and Galila. Hey there, Galila. Um, but yeah, it's oh, he's such a cool design because it's just space chicken lizard. Space <laughs> lizard chicken. Because he's got his. Um, as you said earlier, I think it looks quite similar to Gigan, which is uh, another Zilla monster coming up. Several. Uh, he's just so rubbery and beautiful. I, I love him so much. Well, um, I think it, this might be the best suit we've dealt with so far. I, I, I like this suit an awful lot. I think it's well <gasps> designed. I think it's, I think it's made for this kind of corny action in a very satisfying way. It's a good suit. It's he's a got good, a good kaiju. raw. He's got a really good raw yeah. as well. He not, just looks so Zilla happy, raw. so happy to be destroying <laughs> every city. Just like marching through. I love the superimposed feet that go down. I love that you can tell the buildings are pre-broken, so when he touches them, <laughs> yeah. they fall apart. Like, oh, well, we should it's say just a delight. He's also battling against these little uh, toy tanks. It's it's really <laughs> That's adorable. The thing. Yeah, so it is yeah. so obviously uh, a low-budget production because there's no, there's not even like cutting away. To to, you know, other B-roll of actual tanks. It's all just right. this is a man. This is a man just smashing toys in a. <sighs> it's really beautiful. It is that Arrested Development scene of outside of just like big mole fight outside the house, and I just I just love it so much. It's so <laughs> unbridled joy of just the aesthetics of pure gleeful Lego box destruction. It is so yes. kid with action figures. I'm gonna mess up this town, <laughs> and I just could not love it more. It, it's just so vibrant. Mm. Oh. it's refreshing and it's mm. it's just silly and it's a lot of fun i like this one a lot i was uh i was pretty fond of it um not quite as much as a uh, first gamera for me but uh I, I think we'll sure. be slotting it in uh carefully uh cool I'm in uh i think it, i think it could find interesting placement in a few minutes so uh, on our list yeah i have just found that there's a sequel to the X from Outer Space from 2008. Uh, no, Jack, that's that's an X-Men movie. X2, that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Wolverine versus... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian Singer was a different kind of monster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are not doing kaiju directors. God, please. 
Jack, you want to join us for a for our ranking? I'd rankings? love to. Yeah, I'll I'll just mute myself. But I'd love to hear okay. where this. Yeah, we need to we need to plug you at the so. end anyway, and thank okay, you. Cool. So awesome. Um, you you could be around. We we just can't allow you to interfere with our, fine, our valuable ranking. We can also we, we can also ask you what you think of the decision at the end right. after it's made. You just I, I, yeah, that's it. when I'll go on my rant and plug my own uh, rival kaiju podcast that <laughs> I'm just setting up now, <laughs> where I just I upload my audio track from uh <laughs> from this recording and none just of yours, yours. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing commentary to... tracks on our podcast <laughs> being like no that's wrong that's wrong i personally yeah, disagree yeah. we'll be back in one minute with uh, more of that uh, well, <laughs> will add a screeching chair sound effect to make it sound like you've been recused from the room <laughs> we've put the jack outside to do his business in the corner um well, uh, the show is called Ranking the Monsters. That's what we do here. We specialize in ranking uh, mm. the kaiju big boys. We, we like big boy kaijus. Uh, we do. Um, these films each have a, a big kaiju in them. Um, so we're going to rank them along with the uh, other films we ranked. Uh, which will bring our list to nine, which is cool. We are almost the top ten. That's The official cool. top ten of all kaiju movies. <laughs> they don't exist until they are ranked. So, so far... The greatest kaiju movie of all time is Godzilla from 54, and the worst kaiju film of all time is Godzilla from 56. <laughs> so I'll run down them real quick. Uh, number one's Godzilla, 1954. Two, Gamera, 1965. Three, Pacific Rim from 2013. Four, Cloverfield from 2008. Five, Godzilla Raids Again. That sounds like a question. 1955. Uh, six, <laughs> again? Godzilla. The David version. Godzilla Raids Again? What? <laughs> Does he have to raid again? Um, uh, six, Godzilla, 1977. And seven, as you say, Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 1956. Uh, now we have a Mysterians and the Extra Matter Space to add to this list. I like that uh, we've chosen these. I like that uh, Jax brought these to us because I think it adds a, a, a couple strange slots into our yeah. list. I know where I want to put both of them, and I don't know if you do? agree on either. Um, I, I think don't think I will. With Mysterians. <laughs> okay, so you want to put that down below Raids again? No. Why? Because <laughs> it's a better movie. <laughs> but, um, oh, but is it a better kaiju? You're right. Yeah, but we're ranking the monsters effectively. You know what? You're right. It's it not is that, a better movie. It's we're not, not like ranking like a qualitative uh, idea of what these movies could be uh, because it is a better movie, right? Than Raids Again. Yeah. Uh, but I think we have a Godzilla as like a point where it's like a, this isn't quite a movie uh, and it's, <laughs> it's not adjacent. any original uh, kaiju in there. I mean, it's just footage from the original re-edited. So I, I think we safely have to put it above that. But I think the conversation is, is it? But then Cloverfield doesn't have much kaiju either, does it? Yeah, but I, 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 it goes down to, I think, the little bits of kaiju of what, what do I prefer? And yeah. I think that little scene of kaiju in uh, Mysterians is probably better than anything in Raids Again, but it's so small compared to the greater movie. Um, what about the what about the kaiju itself? I mean, there isn't much of him, but he is. He rules. I yeah, like him a lot. He's not a bad kaiju, right? Like, a, yeah. I think we also have to evaluate a kaiju quality. Um, it's not just yeah. their amount and presence in the movie. It also has to be what is the uh, quality of the kaiju. And oh, while he I'm opens a, up new doors, he's big. Yeah. He's bold. He's an actual robot. 
Yeah, he is. He is a robot, and he looks like a mole, and and but also an insect. He's the and underminer. He has a good emergence. That's important. I I feel like Cloverfield doesn't have much of an emergence. Um, th- these things are important. Are we slowly to consider. creeping this film up to number one? No, we're not. We're not creeping it up to number one. I think we're creeping it up to number four or five. Um, it, but Pacific Rim also not. Not a lot of kaiju focus. I, I think our bottom half is a little kaiju light. It is. I I still think that Cloverfield at its most kaiju, I think, again, if I go back to that five seconds of Statue of Liberty Head is is so cool. It is cooler um, than anything in uh, Mysterian. <laughs> even um, if I kind of prefer Mysterians as a movie to Cloverfield. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. That's fine. I think I, I think they're I mean it's Honda, right? It's not a yeah, it's Honda versus like the you know JJ Abrams ing of some the dude genre. that's making Batman, I don't know, some guy. Yeah, Matt um, Reeves. Um yeah. uh, I, I, I mean Honda's probably better than Matt Reeves at making movies. I want to put it above reds again because I think that one scene of, of Kaiju, and you're right, the Kaiju itself is much more interesting than Angiris at this point and Godzilla 2 at this point. Like, that's very much like it's this again, but not as good. Yeah. Whereas the first 10 minutes of this movie are like, that's a new Kaiju, that's a new direction. And I think what Jack said in the podcast being like, this does echo forward into later movies, later movies, later movies, be they sci fi movies or Kaiju, kaiju films, being like, oh, we can do this now. So I, I want to put it above reds again, but below Cloverfield. It is informative for what's about to happen with all the Godzilla movies after mm. it, in a way. Uh, I mean, I think Honda's still controlling the legacy here. And I, I shouldn't say controlling, but shaping, shaping yes. what these movies can become and everything yeah. they can be in a, in a satisfying way. Um, I'm, not again, I'm not against the Kaiju either. I think he is cool. Um, he yeah, I, I do like Clover more, though. I, I yeah. like Clover, and they're, they're kind of similar, and they're like... Uh, you know, alien pincer uh, construction in a way. Um, As is um, blah, 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 blah. G- Galala. Galala. Oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I guess first, should we should we decide uh, Mysterians versus X from outer space before we really commit to a ranking? I, I think X we know that space X is both a better movie and a yeah. better kaiju film. <laughs> Jack's uh, cheering. He's, he's doing the. Uh, the arm scissors, the pump up. He's, he's yeah. brought a surprising amount of props along. He's like got so many placards. It's, it's really an impressive operation. Oh, he created a sign here. He says, uh, "Oh, oh uh, Jack, that you can't. No, you can't broadcast that." Yeah, uh, I and think that stays on video. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> says, uh, "Put a X in first place or else." <laughs> yeah. Where do you want to put X from outer space? Um. Above uh, Godzilla, nineteen fifty-four, but I mean, I could be, I could be. Convinced. Oh no, no, uh, that's just my bit. That's just my bit. I, <laughs> I don't want to commit to that. that bit because I'm, I've watched this movie twice in two days. I am high on this movie. It's really uh, uh, I, I mean, below Gamera and uh, ahead of Pacific Rim, I think is is the move. Third no, that's place. a sensible move. But what if I was to say that it's above Gamera? No, I, no, I don't. I don't think that's. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the kaiju and like the the whole, yeah. you know, what what's really. I, I don't I think, think I can commit to this. I, I think Gamera becomes a better kaiju. No, I think Gamera becomes a better kaiju and becomes iconic. But I think in his this one-off Gila 
just amazing, <laughs> just so joyfully wrecking everything that is already wrecked. Yeah. And it's just everything I want from a monster <laughs> movie. When I, when I think of a gif of kaiju film, I just think of just like any scene from this movie with smooth jazz playing in the background. It's just, it's exactly what I want. And it, yeah. it has the madness of Gamera um, with some of less of the rough edges of Gamera. Uh, but but I like those rough rough edges about Gamera. I, I like how cheesy it is. And I mean, they're both that kind of cheese, right? Uh, but there's no uh, children drawing pictures of uh, Gialia, who they can't even pronounce his name. Um, yeah, but like, what if there was someone in a bath that just says, this isn't water, you know? You know, like, that's a moment in the movie. I think what we have to consider is that he has the best suit so far. In some way, yeah. he, he is the best looking kaiju, and that is important. Uh, because there are going to be other Gameras um, yeah. that I'm going to like more than I, I than I already love this one. Uh, it's hard for me because there's a boy who really loves this uh, this Gamera. I think it's a better movie overall because um, I think there are parts of this movie. Where, again, we're not doing it, uh, you know, qualitatively. Just as the whole movie, I think there's a lot of time it takes to really get to 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 this kaiju that we like. I, I think that might be a knock against it that it. That both that of these movies the are alien so movies. sweeter though. They withhold that sweet so? kaiju. When you get to it, you're like, why is this even in this movie? But and then it it's doesn't... just so huge and it's just so big and it's just all the destruction in 20 Steven, minutes. We have to be honest though. Like, is that like a an honest build-up to that, or are they just like chilling in space, jumping on space trampolines? I mean, that's I mean that also cool, sounds but... great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if I were ranking the space trampoline jumps, I think it would be first, second place. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I've uh, made I've made my case, and if I haven't convinced you, I haven't convinced you. The um, the part the problem is that we get one shot with the Gialia, yeah. right? Like, unless yeah. there's he's not in the the sequel, is he? I we we're not even sure if the sequel even exists. Okay, we're so. not even sure if there is a proper sequel. So, uh, Monster X Strikes Back is, is that it? Is that a movie? I think again that's Mr. X Strikes Back. Again, Jack, stop finding X Men movies. <laughs> okay. So uh we have we this have is one, chance. one shot. This is, we it. Have one this shot. is it for this dude. I want him to be high up. We have one shot with Gialia, but we'll have uh, oh, several wait, no. more with Gamera. Wait, that is okay, J- last minute thing. Jack, against protocol. This, it's not in the rule book, but you know, I'll allow it. This is our airbud moment. Um <laughs> The movie has been entered here. Is this a real movie or is this a fan thing? This is a fan thing, surely. 2008, okay. the Monster X Strikes Back, Attack of the G8 Summit. There is no way <laughs> this is a real film. Attack of the G8 Summit is a hell of a uh, subtitle oh, for wait, a movie. No, I know someone that's seen this movie. Okay. It's starting to sound more real and also plausible that we can see it. Um, I will read out Casual says. Movie Buff's review. Funny okay. at times, slow and unusual other times. Um, a North Korean general plans to destroy Giala with a, a nuclear miss, missile. He's, okay, so I mean, it is it is kind of continuation of these themes. Um, so we it. might get another shot, but I doubt it's as good as this shot. Let's call this. We're bringing Jack back shot. for Monster X Strikes Back Attack yeah. the G8 Summit. Yeah, oh my god, it's using back. the font from GMK. <laughs> it's, it's the same logo <laughs> treatment as GMK. You know what? This I want to put this movie on the list. I'm not even seen it, but this movie is, is number three. <laughs> this looks brilliant. Okay, um, I 
I feel confident that I'll get another Gamera and it'll yeah. be a first place Gamera, not a second place or third place Gamera. So um, I, I don't think this is as good of a kaiju movie, but I think that the kaiju case is too convincing not to slot them in. Uh, yes. In second, second place. No, no. The second, second greatest kaiju movie ever made. <laughs> so did we, to us by Jack. Thank you so much, Jack. But uh, did we... Now we need to slide in Mysterians for a more final ranking. Um, I thought, did we do I, that? Uh, now I've had my victory with with X. I think you just put Mysterians wherever you want, baby. You know, you do what you want with that Mysterians. So um, I think I do have to possibly put it below raids again. Hey, I, you do what you want, baby. You know. I think raids again. We could look at more of the set pieces. I, I cool, think it's cool. I, I now agree. Okay, um, I think that makes it easy. Uh, I guess I. I guess we know we need to game the system occasionally if we, <laughs> we want to win each other over, right? <laughs> there you go. So our new list is the best kaiju movie ever made is Godzilla. The second best kaiju movie of all time ever of this exhaustive list is The X from Outer Space from 1967. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, then third, we have uh, Gamera, 1965. And fourth, Pacific Rim, 2013. Cloverfield, 2008. And then uh, God, or, uh, six, uh, Godzilla Raids again. Oh, no, some chump. 1955, and then we have, uh, what was it, Mysterians is number seven? See, we don't even know anymore. Yeah, eight, um, Godzilla, nine, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, exclamation, exclamation point. Mark. Uh, should we, I mean, should we, we bring, bring Jack... Jack in for post-match analysis yeah, I... so he can give us his, his punditry on, on what unfurled? What a game. What a game. How was it for you, Jack? <laughs> I didn't think winners, Germany would lose, some, but they did. There were some winners, there were some losers, there was, uh, you know, it's a game of two halves. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm very happy with this outcome. Okay. Um, you can, yeah, I'm with Steven. You can put Mysterians as low as you want, as long as <laughs> X. If X is slotting in at number two at this this early on, X going to give that. it to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is a two. During that analysis, I I did stumble upon the sequel from a director who is a real director. It's um, Jack Davenport. And I've seen two of his movies and I'm definitely oh going to have to check out I'm definitely going to check out um, the X, the Monster X Strikes Back Attack of the G8 Summit 2008. We've lost Stephen on video. He <laughs> passed out from excitement. Sorry, my, my phone rang. <laughs> I feel like um, if uh, X from Outer Space is capitalizing on you know, kaiju mo- movies of the era. I feel like the egg, the, mon- the Monster X Strikes Back Attack of the G8 Summit is capitalizing on like the 2000s Godzilla movies like GMK, yeah. even yeah. using the same font, like you said. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Well, Jack, we're going to have you back for a lot of them, but I think it's important too, because you're guesting in uh, one of our uh, close kaiju friends that we mm. uh, slot yours in uh, pretty far up there too. Uh, yeah. it, it matters that it's up there to us, so. Thank well, you it so means much. a lot to me. Yeah, I'm you brought glad, us a gift. I'm glad you, glad you both liked it. I'm glad Stephen watched it twice in <laughs> two days. It's um, so good. I might watch it again. It rules. <laughs> I guess I didn't really say it, but I watched it one and a half times also. Um, I'll I, take that. That's more than yeah. I've watched it. So okay. You know. <laughs> I, and I, I greatly enjoyed it too. Um, not, not quite as much as Gamera, and I'm gonna hold that against Stephen for, for when I need to push other things up the list well, that I did make luck, the steal. Those Gamera films are only gonna get. 
better and better than worse than better than worse than worse than better than yeah that's a, so, <laughs> a hell of a run yeah it's uh, a it's a roller coaster of a ride being a gamma fan but yeah thank you so much jack i hope you enjoyed being here as much as we enjoyed having you here and, and yeah, bringing been... a a learned perspective that has just seen the most bizarre movies um <laughs> no, always been, a gift it's, uh, it's been great thanks so much for having me on guys it's been a lot yeah. of fun Anything you could uh, plug for us? Anything that uh, you want to Please plug? plug yourself. Sure. Yeah. If uh, if you're on a letterboxed, I'm uh, Jack Davenport without any vowels. So that's J-C-K-D-V-N-P-R-T. Very cryptic. And if you're Could on you Instagram... Could you change your username to written out Jack Davenport without any vowels? <laughs> that would be that would probably be more easy to find. To be honest. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> uh, and if you're on Instagram, I am 10 second beats. That's one zero second beats. I post music and visual ideas from time to time it's more of a side project but sometimes i'll make a godzilla remix for podcasts so you never know and on spotify 10 second beats oh yeah i release music from time to time too steven knows that more than i do apparently and you Um, have your uh your short film that you worked on uh oh yeah i was uh i composed the soundtrack for a short film black burying directed by rowan jacobs last year you can find that streaming on vimeo Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jack. Uh, Thanks really very pleasure much. to have you. We're going to have you on pretty often, I think, uh, as our awesome. uh, friend of the show. So. I'll, I'll happily return anytime you need me. I will raid again <laughs> as often as you need. <laughs> Here's where I wait uh, for awkwardly for Stephen to remember that he needs to read out his... No, uh, I got it. I got it. I got it ready. I got it ready. I got it ready. No, I have it up. You pinned it. You pinned it because I... No, I, I'm first gonna. I don't have the standards because every time I listen to the Twin Geeks cast, I'm like, clearly David is reading it every time because it's yeah. just so spot on. But he just has that pattern down. But I feel that I bring a different well, vibe to, to David anyway. I'm not as I, polished and professional as him. I might um, also edit his mistakes. <laughs> ah, okay. That's why it's it's, it's like a, a Pixar animation where you spend like five <laughs> hours getting one line in. Um, so yeah, um, this is one of many um, Twin Geeks casts out there which um i can say they're all terrific because i am not on them so therefore it is not self-serving um so uh listen to twin geeks cast uh the main podcast where the real magic happens uh, with calvin and the aforementioned david who makes no mistakes just a perfect actually i am going to say the most recent episode of the twin geeks cast you do have to get past a lot of conversation about animal penises now you do have to get past that it's worth getting past that. There's a lot of tapir talk. Uh, yeah. About, uh, proportionate. The tip here. Uh, um, yeah. Just the tapir. Um, and once you get <laughs> past that, you get into a, a really wonderful, um, and I think generally actually quite important and worthwhile conversation. It's going to mean lots of people. I don't want to talk too much about it now because now's the time for it. But um, there is a conversation about recovery with a very, very personal story that's going to be, I think actually going to help a lot of people and it's a really good thing to listen to. And uh, from my perspective, I found... Um, of, of of actual genuine worth and not even like this kind of like this was a nice entertaining time it was it's a, a really special thing and i'm so proud that um the twin geeks have been able to put, put it out um, so thank you to you calvin and david for that and then also um there is the daydream cast if you like old video games and some cutting edge opinions which i think was in the episode this week or was it next week yeah As next we record. week maybe uh we'll, we'll find out whenever yeah. they want to Whenever they want to, because that's because they're the cool kids that play video games all day. Um, so they they record when they want to record. There are no one scheduled but their own. And of course, um, your home, your independent home for great takes on classic and contemporary film. You get a Marvel review. You get a guinea pig breakdown. What more could you want from a vid- uh, from a film website, thetwingeeks.com? So until then, and until next time, read good books, say kind words, do good deeds, be a good person. 
Mustard.